Welcome to Ride Every Stride, Episode 1. Welcome to Ride Every Stride with Van Hargis. This is a podcast about horsemanship and more. Our goal is to educate, motivate, inspire, and entertain you through an exploration of everything horsemanship and the intersection of horsemanship and humanship. My name is Laura McClellan, and I'm your co-host on Ride Every Stride. I'm here with Master Horseman Van Hargis. How you doing, Van? I'm great, Miss Laura. How are you? I'm doing all right. <laughs> well, I got to say, Laura, I mean, I'm pumped up and excited. You know, we've been talking about doing this podcast for quite some time. It seems like a dream come true finally. We're making everything happen, so I'm really, really excited about getting this thing started. Well, good. Me too. This is going to be fun. I think we need to uh, make sure the audience knows who you are and why they ought to listen to you. So (laughs) I thought it made sense to start out by telling them a little bit about you, about your background, where you come from, and what you do these days. Sure. It's boring as heck, but we'll we'll share it with them. (laughs) Well, like a lot of folks, you know, I started off riding horses really young. Fortunately for me, though, I guess you could say my stepfather was a part-time horse trainer as well as a school teacher for the Dallas Independent School District in Dallas, Texas. And because he was a part-time horse trainer, we always had a lot of horses at the place, you know, hours plus a lot of other folks. So because of that, I just had a tremendous amount of exposure to a lot of variety of different types of horses and a lot of horse problems and a lot of opportunities to learn a lot of stuff. And of course, as you know, whenever you're involved with horses, you're also involved with a lot of people. So I was exposed to not just a a lot of different horses, but also a tremendous number of other trainers. And thankfully, all those trainers had some sort of influence on me. There's all sorts of ways we can learn, Laura. Sometimes you can learn things to do, and sometimes you can learn things not to do. A lot of that exposure gave me opportunities to learn things that I'd really like to try to explore and get better at. And then there's other things I learned that I thought, okay, we'll look at something different. But nonetheless, it was, just a, it was a really good youth and opportunity for me to learn a tremendous amount of stuff. My competitive side really came from way back in the days of 4-H. I got involved with 4-H pretty young. My mom and stepfather both were 4-H leaders. So we were involved with the 4-H competitions. And that, of course, led to developing even more of a competitive spirit. As I got a bit older, I was uh, more interested in rodeo. So I got involved with almost all the timed events in high school rodeo. Later, I finally realized that there was an aptitude for teaching and helping people, so that kind of led me into doing the clinics and the seminars. Really about the only time, though, Laura, that I wasn't with horses or didn't have some sort of involvement with horses is just a real short period of time that I was in college. I had to make a decision whether or not I was going to go to college on a football scholarship or a rodeo scholarship, and since the rodeo scholarship wasn't available to me, I um, obviously chose the route of playing college football and got a good education there, but just during those four years, I was pretty much out of the horse industry. Ever since then, it's been very heavily involved in it, and it's been an absolute blessing. And eventually, it led us to where we are today. And tell us a little bit about where we are today. What do you do? Well, Lawrence, um, it's fun. I mean, I've been incredibly blessed. I get an opportunity not to just train horses on a daily basis, but I get an opportunity to go to various horse fairs and horse expositions and do presentations in front of audiences there and try to help people with their horses. And then the reality is a lot of times we're helping people with themselves. You know, oftentimes we are our own worst enemy when it comes to trying to accomplish things with our horses. And to me, this is one of the cool things about doing the podcast. It's just another form. It's just another medium that gives us an opportunity to try to help people with their horses. And hopefully 
help folks uh, eliminate some of the problems in their life with the horses that I experienced. It's really interesting. I had this question pop up the other day. So, you know, how did you learn so much about horses? And I said, you know, the reality is I'm no different than you are. The only difference is I've just screwed up more horses than you have. This because of the amount of exposure that I've had. And over the years, you just kind of learn some of the things not to do. So that's the part of the podcast here. We really want to try to communicate to people uh, and kind of increase the joy with their horses as opposed to going through some of the same struggles that I did. That makes a lot of sense. I know um, having been at some of these horse expos with you and seeing the questions that people ask, it seems like a lot of times they want to find out when are you going to be in their area again? How can they bring you home and continue to learn from you? And, and this podcast really can help them do that. We sure hope so, Laura, because we do want to help those folks out. We want to give them an opportunity to be able to get a little bit more access to ways that they can help overcome some of their problems with their horses. And and some of the problems that they're having in other parts of their life is too, maybe. But you're exactly right. You know, we wish that we could spread ourselves even thinner. So hopefully this podcast gives us an opportunity to reach more people. Great. And so th- that kind of leads to a question. When we were talking about putting the podcast together, I told you, we got to come up with a title. Got to call it something. And you're the one who named the podcast Ride Every Stride. Where did that come from? What What's the significance of that to you? Well, Lord, to me, Ride Every Stride is something that I repeat daily over and over and over when I'm watching someone ride a horse, whether it be in riding lessons at the ranch or at a clinic or whatever the case may be, I'm amazed at how many times that we will consider ourselves riding and doing something with our horses. And then before you know it, we're doing something that we didn't plan to do at all with our horse. And during that moment, I I just asked myself, you know, what what were you doing? You know, where were you? Were you not involved? You were sitting up there in the saddle. You're the ones that had the rein in the hand. So How did the horse get from point A to point B if point B is not where you planned for him to be? So, um, you know, what I continually repeat to myself over and over and over and out loud to my students is ride every stride. Every stride, know where your horse is going. Plan that every stride. And at the same time, in doing so, I just think to myself how many times that's so applicable to our everyday lives, isn't it? You know, we really want to participate in our life. Don't just be a passenger just kind of cruising through this darn thing. So Ride Every Stride was something that when you and I were discussing a title, it was uh, because it was one of the most common catchphrases that I use, I love the double meaning of it. So it just seemed like a perfect title for the program. In the intro to this, we talked about, or we mentioned the concepts of horsemanship and humanship. And that element of this is something that, you know, I've certainly heard you talk about so many times. And you talked to me about how horsemanship and humanship are so interconnected and can grow from each other. I'm not articulating this very well, but why is that so important to you? Where did those concepts come from? First of all, I think this is the experience that we have with our horses. They give us an opportunity to really look at ourselves. You know, I've, I've heard it said numerous times by a number of, of really phenomenal horsemen that horses pretty much mirror ourselves. You know, in years back, we had a, a lady that was working with me and she decided, you know, oh my gosh, man, every time I hear you talk at a horse expo, you to me come across as like that horseman with a message. You always have some sort of message. And because that was on my website, the horseman with a message, I was uh, talked to at one point by a reporter in Mitchell, South Dakota. I was up there doing a presentation for Purina Mills back in the day. And the reporter come up to me afterwards and says, I'm reading on your website, Mr. Hargis, and we're seeing this, the horseman with a message. So what is that? And, And by the way, what is your message? And, you know, up until that point, I never really gave it much thought. I mean, I know I tell a lot of stories and use a lot of analogies in my presentations and and my discussions with horses. But at the same time, I really, really never really thought about what my message was. But, you know, I tend to be a fairly spiritual person. And as I'm listening to this lady ask the question, I was just blessed to have this quote come out of me. 
I said, you know, I guess I could say that maybe horsemanship is an opportunity to practice humanship every day. And as soon as I said that, I just literally stepped back and I just told the lady to wait, wait, wait. I can't believe I just said that. And I had to literally ask myself, where did that come from? And there's no doubt in my mind that it was just an inspired message. But from that day on, I've thought about it a tremendous amount. You know, that horsemanship truly is an opportunity to practice humanship. I can't imagine a single horseman that is truly working to aspire to be better at becoming a horseman. I can't think of a single one that wouldn't want to be a better leader. Because that's what we have to be when we're working with horses, is that somebody has to be a better leader. And in our daily lives, those of you who are parents, those of you who are bosses, even those of you who are just employees working for a boss, you know, we have to understand that there are leaders and there are followers. And the horses offer us an opportunity every day to practice those qualities that make really good leadership, make good leaders, that give us an opportunity to practice on how to communicate and how to get across our message. And that, to me, was has really been the inspiration of that particular quote, horsemanship and humanship. Horsemanship is an opportunity to practice humanship every day. I can't think of a single more honest creature than horses in the sense that they have no agendas. They simply live in the moment. And quite frankly, isn't that another good message for us? Is that we only have the moment. So because of the fact that the opportunity that they have to teach us if we just listen to them and yet still get across to them what it is that we want, to me, again, it's just almost a perfect marriage, horsemanship and humanship. So I suspect we'll be hearing a lot about that in episodes <laughs> to come and, and how those two interact and tie together. Well, I hope so. You know, once I decided to start taking my horsemanship stuff on the road, so to speak, People will come to me and they will assume, that, oh, I guess you do this because you really love horses. And you know as well as I do. Yes, I do. But the one thing I love more than horses, Laura, is people. And again, the horses, they really become nothing more than just a platform to get me in front of the people. But they don't make great teaching tools. I mean, they really do. They really, they bring us all together and they offer us opportunities to learn. So yes, I hope in future episodes, we talk a lot about that combination of the horsemanship and humanship thing. We didn't plan on this, but you know, it occurs to me as you were talking that why is it that the horse makes such a good teaching tool? You mentioned that. What is it about the horse that makes them such a great way to learn about ourselves, as you were saying? Well, first of all, I think what it is about the horse is that horses, dogs, other animals, but I, I just say horses because obviously this is a horse program, but animals tend to live very much in the moment. They really don't hold grudges. If you feed them a little bit late, they're not going to say, oh, I'm going to buck you off today because you fed me late. Or They just don't hold grudges. They live very much in the moment. They don't necessarily forget things, but they're very forgiving. And all of those are just lessons, I think, that we as humans would love to learn and we would love to get better at doing. So because of that, I think they make great teachers for us. They There's great things for us to do. Plus, again, it gives us an opportunity to practice on them. For example, if you take a really young colt that's never been ridden, Let's say a two-year-old colt that's never been ridden. And if we ask ourselves, well, what, do we, what would you like to do with this horse someday? Oh, I'd love to ride him on a trail ride. Well, you got to start somewhere, so let's get that sucker started in her saddle. So in order to do that, we've got to come up with a plan and get an opportunity to, to put that plan together to get the horse, number one, to accept the things that we want him to accept, the forward movement aspect of it, the saddle, and then eventually us. But then again, if we fail at that, it's whose fault is that? Is it the horse or is it ours? And what we have to realize is, is that that horse is giving us an opportunity to practice accountability and responsibility. We can blame it on the horse all day long, but wouldn't it be weird, though, that if we blamed it on the horse and then some other guy come up and was successful? <laughs> so was it really the horse's fault? No, it was our lack of communication or our lack of knowledge. So God bless the horses for allowing us those opportunities to learn and to get better at doing what it is that we would like to do. So rather than a horse just being an object of exploitation, wouldn't it be great if we turned that around and used the horse as an education? 
and not just education just about horses or horsemanship, but education about ourselves. What do you really want? And let's see if we can utilize those tools to get what, what do you, whatever it is that we want. And I think I've heard you in the past say that, and I know you've said it better than this, but something to the effect of that you get that immediate response to what you're doing. You know right away whether the path you're taking is going to work or not. You, you see that response. Sure. And that's another really good thing about the horse stuff is, you know, because they have no ulterior motives, they're not thinking and scheming and doing things because they're very, very honest. They're going to respond to some sort of stimulation that we're providing. So we do, we get immediate feedback. We don't get the phone call. This is, I'll call you back in a couple of days with the answer to that question, or I'll send you an email on that one or whatever. And, you know, let's face it, we're an instant gratification society. And what better way than to present a question, so to speak, to a horse, and you're going to get a response. And the cool thing is it's going to be pretty much black or white. It's going to be the response that you want or the response that you didn't want. And, you know, that kind of reminds me of a quote that was said to me. I, I, many years ago, I had an opportunity. I was up in Colorado and had an opportunity to assist one of my heroes in doing a horsemanship clinic. And that night at supper, he looks at me and he says, uh, you know, Van, the horse is always right. And I got to tell you, I'm thinking, man, you've obviously not ridden some of the crazy horses I've ridden. But I respected him enough and I thought about what he said there. And I said, so tell me more. What do you, what do you mean? Well, the horse is always right. What do you mean by that? He says, well, the horse is always right because he's either doing what comes natural to him or he's doing what he thinks you want him to do. So either way, he's right. If he's doing what comes natural to him and it's something that you like, great, accept it, say thank you. If it's not what you like, you have to convince him to do something different. So either way, the horse is right. So we have to learn to be better communicators. And so I think about that every time I work with a horse. If I ask him to do something or tell him to do something, whatever the case may be, if the response is favorable, it's something I like, I just simply accept it. If it's not, then I realize it's up to me to communicate something differently, to communicate what it is that I do want in such a way that he can understand it. Another lesson that applies <laughs> elsewhere in life as absolutely, well, right? Absolutely, yes, absolutely. Well, I think there's a lot to be said there, and we will talk more about that in future episodes. We're going to see more about how those two areas intersect and sort of feed off each other. In the few minutes that we have left, I thought it would make sense to talk a little bit about what you hope to accomplish with this podcast, what um, listeners can expect. If people decide to subscribe, tune in in the future, what can they expect? I think we've talked about that, you know, just from a logistical perspective, we are going to shoot for roughly 30 minutes an episode, which is kind of a nice length for, you know, long enough for somebody to get their run in on the treadmill or, you know, their commute or whatever. Knowing you, I suspect some episodes will go a little longer than that. <laughs> Uh, because uh, you've got some things to say that people are going to want to hear. But beyond those logistics of, you know, roughly 30 minutes, roughly once a week, what do you hope to accomplish? What can people expect to hear going forward if they tune in? Well, you know, Laura, anyone that's been to any of my clinics, they've heard me speak at expos, whatever the case may be, they know that I'm very interactive. I love for the audiences to participate. So the one thing I'd like to try to get with this is our participation. I'd love for folks to listen to Ride Ever Stride, and I'd love for them to respond back to us, share with us some of their issues that they're having with their horses and otherwise, so that we can answer their specific questions. I mean, we're going to have an agenda, right? We're going to have some things that we would really like to try to put out there. But at the same time, what's really going to add fuel to this fire is going to be the audience participation. So that's going to be the one thing that I'm really going to require a lot of and really hope a lot from the audience is that they 
get back with us and let us know that what they would like to hear. Because it's, it's, to me, that's what it's really all about. This is really all about the listeners, and it's really all about the folks that are out there and the issues that they're having. You know, we could talk about the stuff that I want to talk about all the time. That's easy. But um, I want to make sure that we're really covering the bases that, that really need to be covered, and that's going to be by the listeners. So not only are we going to cover just a wide array of some basic fundamental horsemanship, but we're going to be covering some things, hopefully, that uh, are going to be very, very specific to what the listeners want to have answered, those questions they'd like to have answered. Okay, and I will talk a little bit uh, later in in a minute or two about how they can get those questions to you so that we can make sure we address them in future episodes. I think that kind of lays the groundwork that gives us a sense of what you're going to be trying to accomplish, what they can expect, and I think that's probably good for this episode. Um, We can talk a little bit about some upcoming things. I know that uh, probably in the next episode we're going to lay a foundation, maybe lay some groundwork for the topics to come and talk about some of the basic fundamental concepts that you want people to know going forward. Because as you always tell people when it comes to horsemanship and everything else... <laughs> we want to make it so simple it's going to piss you off. Yeah. I, know, I know you didn't really want me to say that, but I really do. To, to me, I think that is... Because sometimes it just, it's amazing, it amazes me to see how complex that people almost try to make it. And my goal, and hopefully my goal through part of this show, is just to let everybody learn to just break it down. Let's make it easy. Yeah. Make it easy. Let's make it fun. Let's make it enjoyable. Not just to you, but also to your horses. So the, the most important thing there is let's, let's look at whatever those issues, whatever those problems are, and let's try to simplify them. And, you know, I know we're going to run out of time here, but I want to share this real quick. This is going to talk about that on the time and breaking things down. Many years ago, I had a teacher named Ruth Ann Coffey, a math teacher. And she used to always preach to me about reduce to the ridiculous, Mr. Van, reduce to the ridiculous. And what she meant by that is, is she would take a problem and put it on the board for us to work. And I was not very good at math, especially my freshman year in, in high school. And she put this big algebra problem on the board and she caught me one day just staring at the big giant problem. And she saw the desperation in my eyes. She saw that the frustration was there. And she just leaned back in her chair and she says, Mr. Van, can you add? And I'm thinking, well, yes, ma'am, I can add. And you can subtract. Well, yes, ma'am. And you can multiply and divide. Well, sure. Well, young man, if you can do those things and you can do algebra. And I think about that every day when I hear somebody approach me with some big elaborate problem that they're having with their horses. And I just want to back them up and just say, look, can he do these things, these things, and these things? Can he do these basic fundamental things? If he can do those, then everything else will just come. If he can't, then let's focus on those basics. And that's really the premise of my whole horsemanship aspect is there's nothing beyond the basics. And that's what we're going to repeat a lot in this podcast in weeks to come. I certainly have heard you say that many, many times, both to me personally and to, you know, in front of big crowds. So nothing beyond the basics. So we will get to that more and we'll expand on it in future episodes. A couple of things, I guess, before we close out, uh, we're real excited to know that Van's going to be appearing at the Iowa Horse Fair in the coming months. And we'll be sharing other events that he's going to be appearing at where people can come and see you in person and ask you their questions live. We've talked a little bit about the topics. Again, next episode, we'll be talking about that foundation and those basic concepts that you want to get across. How do people ask questions? Well, 
I'm going to talk to the audience so Van, sure. you, can, you can leave the room for a minute. Um, he really does want to interact with the audience and make sure that the things we're talking about on this show are the things you need to hear, the questions that you have. So you can send your questions, your comments, your suggestions for topics via email to info at vanhargis.com. You can find out more information about Van, about both who he is, what he's doing, where he's going to be by going to the website, vanhargis.com. You'll find there a an about page that tells you more about his background and, and his experiences. You'll see a calendar of both events that he's appeared at in the past and things that we have upcoming. You'll also see some announcements about upcoming product releases that I think folks are going to be really excited about. If you want to make sure you don't miss that, there's a contact form on the website at vanhargis.com where you can give us your name and address and we'll put you on the mailing list so you get little announcements from time to time. We're not going to be spamming you. You don't, uh, you're not going to, you know, have your inbox flooded, but that's a quick way to find out things. We also love to interact with people on Facebook. So if you look for Van Hargis, horsemanship on Facebook, like that page and leave a comment there. Post a a little introduction. Tell us who you are, you know, what kind of horses you ride, or if you don't have any horses, what kind of horses you'd like to ride. And you can leave questions there as well. So there's a a lot of ways that you can interact with us, connect with us, and Van really does want to hear from you. So be sure that you uh, check in with us. I think that's it for this time. Van, anything you want to say to the audience before we close out for the day? No, other than just thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us. And Laura, thank you. I know you put a lot into this. We've thought about this for quite some time. And we encourage our audiences to listen and at the same time, get back with us and let us know what's on your mind. Well, I'd just like to end by saying, you know, till next time, it's your life. It's your journey. It's your trail. So ride every stride. Mm-hmm.